Hey, and welcome back to Game Talk. I'm your host, Ambit Mion. Uh, today, I'm joined by two very special guests, uh, two of my close friends, uh, Marshall Amores and Brandon DiGregorio. And the reason we're doing this bonus episode is to talk about The Last of Us Part 2. I think I'm speaking for all three of us when I say this game's story is something to behold and something that needs to be talked about. And it goes without saying that if you have not completed this game, please do not listen to this episode yet. Finish the game first, then come back to this, because we will be spoiling everything. <laughs> so this is your chance to jump out now. Okay, so that being said, uh, <laughs> Marshall, Brandon, just I, I don't know where to even start with this game, but I guess we can just go with overall impressions first and then jump into specific story beats. Real quick. Yeah. I had this conversation a long time ago with my dad, and um, we were talking about, I guess we we're just talking about cinematic experiences where you're like, oh my God, that's a crazy movie. And he yeah. was telling me when he saw uh, A New Hope, when it was like 79 or however, it was a long time ago, you know, yeah. multiple yeah. presidents ago. And he said that after the movie was finished, he. And everybody else in the audience just sat there, not because they wanted to watch the credits, because they just they they were their their heads exploded, and they didn't know what was happening. And as the credits were rolling, they, their mouths were ajaw, and that was how, thirty plus years ago, whatever. I felt like that playing this. I finished it at well, like three a.m. You finished it at five fifty-seven a.m. last yep. Tuesday. overall experiences and this is not being hyperbolic this is like an objective reasonable response to this it's hands down like the greatest like story in a video game and dare i say it like it's better than a lot of movies i'll be real with you because yeah and yeah and just sort of following up on that i think We've talked about this a little before, Marshall, but I feel like this game, with the narrative that it told and the way it told it, is going to push narrative design for video games as a whole forward. I think it's just so far above everything else that's out in terms of how it tells its story and how it gets you invested and how it just breaks your heart. I think I think it's going to set a standard for the years to come. It, it, it has. Like, I mean, seriously, <laughs> like... It's been what? It's been almost a week for you since you beat it. It's been a few days for me. Honestly, try playing any other game. And then you're where is my complex character development, moral quandaries? Like what game makes you even say the word moral quandary and like actually mean it? <laughs> actually mean it. Yeah, I I guess yeah, that's that's a really good point cuz like there's so many games with like, you know, you know, like, Mass Effect has moral choices, but, like, at the end of the day, like, compared to this game, I feel like it's just surface level. But really quick, Brandon, I want to get your initial thoughts first. Oh, yeah. We, I'm yeah. 100% in agreement with that. Like, I think this might be the best piece of interactive media that I've just, like, ever played, you know? And they make yeah. you care about the characters so much in the first one, too. And that goes for, like, any movies, like, a lot of books, even. Like, the characters are just so powerful, um, and that they bring it to this heartbreaking conclusion that people weren't sure that they could top, but they totally did. Like, I just, I trust Donnie Dog implicitly with whatever they do at this point. And yeah, I'd say it's definitely my favorite game. Like, it's so good. 
the story is so good that I forget to mention how awesome the gameplay is too. Like yeah. The gameplay is phenomenal. Like they have some of the best physical puzzles that I've seen, and uh, just the new stuff they added, so on point. It's it not just so like cool. the boards making like little bridges, or you right. know what was that? like a, like a pallet of wood because Ellie yeah. can't swing. What's really funny is, okay, did you guys notice in the flashback with Ellie and Joel, uh, when, when they go to the museum, right, uh, there was a section where they get, uh, like, Joel pushes Ellie into some water, right, and then you can actually find one of those wooden paddles, so, like, I'm not even kidding, like, from the first game, and Ellie's like, hey, Joel, you want to push me around on this, and, and Joel goes, kiddo those days are long over, or something like that, and I thought that was such a cool easter egg, you, neither of you guys... Caught, found that? No, that's awesome. See, that's another reason I love this game. It's chock full of such small details that mean so much to you as the player that are completely missable. Like, they're little, like, treats for you to find if you, like, scour the areas. Imagine how many people missed Take On Me. Yeah, I that's... Okay. The first, I missed so, the first time. You missed so, it the first time? I, yeah, okay. so... You missed that? It? Yeah, Brandon missed it, apparently, yeah. I missed it the first time, and then this playthrough, I saw it. I was like, how did that's I like, possibly not see that's this? That's, like, top three most beautiful moments in this game, like, easily. It is. It is. Yeah, like, hold on, because, I mean, you and I talked about that, remember? Because she was going to do, like, uh, the, the Pearl Jam one. That, the yeah. one that, like, the one that, that Joel said. Dude, yeah. 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 Every that time one. they start that, it's... So the amazing part about the Take On Me thing, and just to reiterate what we spoke about before, Marshall... Was that when she picked up the guitar, when you pick up the guitar in the music shop, right, and she starts playing, she starts playing, if I ever were to lose you, she starts singing that, and then Dina comes in, and she's like, what is that? And then Ellie goes, oh, it's nothing, because that song is specifically between her and Joel, you know, like, that is for them, right? So then Ellie breaks out, you know, this beautiful uh, rendition of Take On Me that just makes you melt. Uh, it's just so beautiful. Oh my god. Dude, so, I mean, like, I play music. I don't yeah. think everybody on this right now does. So, yeah. learning that song right now, like, I'm almost done with it, just, like, to be able to play it the same way that she does. Mm-hmm. Super good. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever try to mess around with the guitar in the game, too? People on YouTube who, like, <laughs> think, like Johnny Cat, or, I mean, technically, it's, it's Nine Inch Nails first, Trent Reznor, you know, give respect where respect is due who did hurt and they like there's a there's on youtube there are videos of ali when you could practice in the theater just like you know pick up the guitar and play and people are playing full-on songs like i think yeah I saw it's crazy talica song and you know it's amazing what game lets you do that and it's not just strumming there's like picking and it all, it's all correct it's all correct yeah yeah, that's just one aspect. Yeah, go ahead, Brandon. Sorry. No, sorry. I, I was just going to say that, like, that's one aspect of this game. Like, like who knew we'd get creative stuff from this, you know, narrative story-driven game? You know, you have people, like, having Ellie perform full songs and, like, pr- them providing, like, the VO over the guitar playing. It's just, like, what a neat little present that came out of this game. Neat little presents. This is going to just, like change the shift but i because like we am and i previously like talked about this and i'm gonna just if for a minute i need to talk about my ending my interpretation of the ending totally changed because yeah. mm. i've been thinking about this non-stop 
<clears throat> so after the game finished, so I, I was playing a lot of it while I was working and I'm generally pretty stressed, but like it's a good stress because my job is like pretty intense. And I thought that it was the stressors of my job that was putting me in <laughs> a negative mood. And then I realized, oh my God, it's like the conflicts within myself that have been created because of this game that's making me, you know, be adversely affected or positively because it made me think about things. When the game concludes, you know, the guitar is there and you see Ellie in the foreground, like going off to whatever her adventure is. And when the game first ended, I was like, oh, yeah, she's going to find Dina. Everything's going to be okay. <laughs> and I was just like the, the, the person in me hoping, like yeah. <laughs> there is hope. Right. And this isn't like a 180, but I w- I've been reading reviews and, you know, not with just like, uh, you know, Dr. Uckman, our God and Savior, but, you know, other just people's interpretations. And I remember once one thing that stuck out is that somebody was like, you know, she's 19. She's not, you know, 45 and this is it. So I'm thinking, I don't know about you guys, but like I've been in serious relationships before, like multiple years, some that happened. And somebody said they were like it's just like being having something really good a great relationship and then it just ends the the world isn't over you're still gonna live but like it feels like your world is over but there's still something to go on so i was just thinking about the ending i'm like dina wasn't like you know it she had like ellie has her whole life ahead of her whether it's gonna be good or bad whether she dies like five miles out this game is messing me up man i don't even know (laughs) going with this i'm really stressed out right now thinking about it so yeah the thing with ellie is you know like you mentioned you mentioned like she has her whole life ahead of her and it does does she you know like in this horrible horrible world that she inhabits you know like and yeah she like i think the point of the ending the main point of the ending was to show that ellie has essentially lost everything uh and and it's very sad to see and it's perfectly in captured by you know her trying to play the guitar trying to play you know if i ever were to lose you i'd surely lose myself i'm I'm gonna cry do you want me to i'm gonna be crying dude don't do it don't make me do this and then you know she she lost her fingers in that final confrontation with abby she can't play the song that song is her only remaining connection to joel so i think when she leaves the guitar behind and leaves that's her saying goodbye to – that's basically her putting everything else behind her and looking forward to something brand new. Yeah, uh, definitely. I think you're right about that. I think it's a very human impulse to want her to go back to Jackson and make up with I, Dina because we saw the farm and she has this an idyllic life. And you're like, oh, I, mean, I really want these characters to be happy after the hell they went through. But there's no way after everything they went that they can possibly do that. When you're first on the farm, both of you, like tell me honestly, like – I remember when I went outside for the first time and you're carrying JJ and you could just sit there. You could sit on the tractor. Yeah. And the button that prompts you is like leave or something like that. I remember I didn't hit the button. I just, I was like, I'm just going to sit here and just hang out. Gorgeous. I definitely sat there for like a solid minute or two. And, you know, speaking of that farm, it was so beautiful. But like, as I was playing it, I was like, this can't be the ending. Because it doesn't fit, like, yeah. like I want, I want more than anything for it for the game to end have ended there. 
Like, just for the sake of Ellie. You know, like, I wanted her to have some semblance of a happy ending. But just the way these characters have been set up and the way this world is, that couldn't happen. And so then when Tommy, Tommy finally comes into the house and he's like, I found her. And just speaking of Tommy for a second, Tommy, I feel like, has lost almost more than everyone. Yeah. Yeah. He lost everything. You can't even walk. What's her name? Lepton? Like, Maria, yeah. Revenge, how negatively it impacts people. Like, he was the guy at the beginning of the game, and it's his brother who was like, I don't know if we should do this. And then at the end, he's hobbling in and being like, you made a promise. You said you're going to do it. And you're like, oh, my God. It stripped you of everything. You're going to – this 19-year-old girl, you're going to make her go down the same path. You're, like, 50 years old and are basically dead. What <laughs> I felt, you know, like you feel so much pity for him, you know, because, like, he's crippled now, too, after he – after what happened with Abby. And he's, like, like, like he says something like, well, I can't go. And I'm, like, yeah, I feel exactly. so bad for you, man. Like, I, I – like – I don't like it was such a hard thing to watch, you know, like it just just ate him alive and spit him out. It's just nothing like everyone yeah. who cared about it left it. Yeah. But yeah, like going back to I think what ties this whole game together, that song. Right. I mean, if I ever were to lose you, you know, Ellie loses Joel and she loses herself. You know, she loses everything. She becomes a monster you know she's the most evil she does the most evil in this game out of any other character which is crazy yeah Yeah. absolutely and that's what i love that's what's so good about how they twist the characters around too because you're struck by this huge grief in the beginning obviously with joel dying and that intense but then throughout the game you just see like the moral degradation and just like death of ellie basically and she kills a pregnant woman and it just comes to such a head because like I remember we were talking about this. I mean, remember, so like I remember as soon as well. First of all, this is another thing I spoke with. Like at the beginning of the game, I was so like just shaken and upset. Um, also, it's because of lack of sleep because I was playing the game. And I mean, when Joel died, I was like, "What? This iconic character that I love." And then like I was on the warpath when it was me and I'm killing the, the wolves. I was playing like a psycho. I was like aiming for legs and like burning <laughs> dogs alive. That's not me. But like it, it took me to that place. And then as soon as you make that crazy switch and you start learning about these people, like I know. Oh, it, it really messed me up when Ellie kills Mel. Cause as soon as you stabbed her and before because when she stabs her, she like falls on the ground and then her jacket opens and you see the baby. I remember as soon as she stabbed her and like the um, whoever they did the not motion capture. What's it when they get the actual facial, facial dude, capture, whatever it is, because I remember her, like her eyes get big and the actress like had like big eyes to begin with um, windows to the soul. And I remember like as soon as she got stabbed and she's like, oh. I was like, wait, what? And I, I had like a, I had my own mini flashback to the first time you're playing as Abby and Abby's like running through the snow and she's like, oh, he put a effing baby in her. And I was like, oh God, is she pregnant? And then like a jacket opened, she was pregnant. And I was like, oh no, like it's, oh. Yeah. Dude, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, man. Oh my God. Well, there's one, there's one point that I recently read in some article that was reviewing the game too, that was about 
you know, how most games, there's sort of a disconnect between when you're actually playing as the character versus, you know, the story and the character itself between gameplay. Yeah. In Uncharted, you kill, like, countless people, right? <laughs> but you're also Drake, so you're, like, this happy-go-lucky dude. But in this game, they really made the experience of you killing people be very much in tune with the character because they're so bloodthirsty. Like, I just thought they, they closed that gap really well. Yeah, I mean, like, that's... Like when when Joel first happened, and by the way, maybe we should talk about that for a little bit because add some structure. <laughs> yeah, like my God, like that. I remember when it happened. I I felt like someone had just clubbed me in the head. <laughs> like I was just stunned. I like I think they did such a good job in that scene, right? Because like it happens, and then from Ellie's point of view, everything sort of just like goes white. You know, like. There's just like a screeching noise and she can't really even hear anything and it's just like she's in shock, you know. Yeah. Like and I felt like that too. I like couldn't believe what I was seeing, and then immediately all my expectations for this game went out the window because I thought, okay, maybe like Dina gets kidnapped or something and you and Joel have to team up and save her. That's how but how dumb and pedestrian does that sound now? Like after having <laughs> played this game, right? I'm so glad yeah. they didn't do that. And they even fabricated a Joel in their, in one their, of their trailers. trailers. Yeah. I felt like such a facile human being when that happened. When <laughs> Jesse's like, you know, like he puts his armor and like, they, oh. They oh. got it. It's good, man. Yeah. I mean, really bad for anybody that did have, like, because you, you were telling me, because I ran into Brandon last night and he yeah. was telling me how the, there were, he, unfortunately, saw the leaks, you know, and it was oh. a comment too. It was the, it was a comment on like a video on YouTube. Yeah. Comment sections. Ruined it for me. Yeah. Never, never do that. Yeah. It sucked. Yeah. That, that's how I learned that Arthur Morgan died in Red Dead Redemption 2. Somebody's like, Oh, it sucks that Arthur dies. And I was like, I mean, I knew it was a problem. Like why, why upvote that? <laughs> I didn't know it was TB. So that was but, good. But, to kind of go off that a little bit, like, there's so much to this game. Like, I feel like even if you had Joel's death spoiled, in the grand scope of things, nothing. that's, like, nothing. Exactly. Honestly. Yeah. Like, it's a slow burn. The, I mean, that is the impetus for the rest of the game. Like, that one event sets the rest of the characters on their path. But, like, where those characters go, that's the real story, you know? Like, so... Yeah, it sucks that that spoiler was out there, but if you're not playing this game because you know Joel dies, that's like the least, the last thing you should worry about when you play this yeah. game. Everybody here, like, I'm 26, I'll be 27 in the month. You guys are like 26, right? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, like, when you were 19, what were you doing? Do you think you could, like, can you live through this? 19. Yeah. 19. And so, like, and that's another important uh, thing to bring up she's 19 right so she goes through all this trauma she still isn't like fully emotionally established right as a 19 year old she goes through all this trauma there's no safety nets for her there are no psychologists or therapists in this world she just has to deal with the trauma of losing her dad in the most brutal way imaginable mind you like tortured to death in front of her eyes she has to deal with that in any which way she can in a brutal post-apocalyptic world, right? So when you take all those factors into consideration, yes, it makes sense that Ellie goes on a murderous rampage and kills everyone. Yeah. 
she's young, impulsive. She lives in this crazy world. It's like, remember that scene when they're entering Seattle where she and Dina are on horseback and they're talking about the first time they ever killed someone? And yeah. Dina was, she was like 10 years old or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like killing is so normal in that world that maybe it is kind of a rational response to just go on a rampage. Like, I'm going to kill any every one of these motherfuckers that killed my dad in front of my eyes. You know? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I guess I can see that. And I feel like we we're everything we've talked about this far is only one half of the equation, right? Oh, we haven't even mentioned Abby yet. What? Hold on. So I've also had changing thoughts about her. Okay. So <laughs> when I first started playing with her, like I really disliked it. Of course, that's the whole point, you know. Yeah. Neil and what's uh, what's your name? Something Haley, Haley Gross. Haley Gross. God, God bless her for her talent. Yeah. Um, you know this like narrative one eighty. Like, yeah, that's a gamble. That's a a triple A ga- gamble. That's oh a yeah, gamble. that's gutsy. So, so she like that character was the manifestation of so many things that could have been for Ellie. Like, like. I loved, I loved that she was like CrossFit shredded because yeah. she had turned her body into the physical embodiment of her goal. Yeah. And her goal, like in pursuit of that, I mean, of course she became super shredded, which is great, but like, you know, she lost everything. The victory was so hollow, you know, but like just seeing her be like just this embodiment of revenge and then, like, Ellie not being able to understand that this Goliath of a woman is, like, this is what happens. Like, you're going to lose it all. Like, I just, I don't know, man. Like, that dis- like that disconnect made me so sad because when Ellie's finally fighting her, like, that's her counterpart in so many ways. Yeah. You know? Just- they're two sides of the same coin. Like, they their story is the same. They're just at different places in their journey. Yeah, you know? the they're at are... different places in their journey. At the at Virginia coin, what's that? You can get a West Virginia quarter. Yeah, I found the West Virginia quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, well, I was gonna, what I was gonna say. Like at the beginning of the game, Abby's at the end of her journey. She gets her revenge. Right. Yes. Everyone, like her friends, are all like, you know, it was not, you know, a happy moment. You know, like they don't like her afterwards. And like, Abby. Yeah, like she basically loses her friends and then Abby afterwards, she's she has no purpose, right? And that's where the brilliant relationship with, you know, Yara and Lev comes in and we can get into that in a little bit. But like a- Abby has nothing and essentially has to find new meaning in her life because what she thought would fulfill her did the opposite, you know? She had nothing left afterwards. Abby at the beginning of the game is at that point at the, at that point which ellie reaches at the end of the game you know so that's why when ellie finds her and is like you have to fight me and abby's like i am not doing this because she knows like she knows like a obviously she doesn't want to leave lev for dead but like b like she knows that even if ellie does this she'll be worse off than she was before because she's been through it all that's kindness that's like some weird indirect kindness because, like, of course, Abby was stripped of her dignity. Like, she was, like, she lost all of her body weight, her hair, like, that beautiful ponytail, which was rendered amazingly in terms of, like, physics. Like, how it's bouncing around. Like, yeah, what? Yeah. But, yeah, like, she was, like, she's, like, getting ready in the boat. And she's, like, no, we're not going to do this. And then Ellie puts the knife to Lev's throat. And it's, like, she's, like, compelled 
by some otherworldly force, like we're gonna do. When she put the knife to Lev's neck, I was like, it's that Batman thing where it's like you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I was like, yeah. Ellie, what are you doing? No, at the, at the end of the game, Ellie is absolutely the villain. She's like, the antagonist. Yeah. She's like basically followed Joel's shoes, but for absolutely no noble purpose really at all. So she became worse than him in the very yeah, end. Yeah, that's so true. Like, kill. Joel, Joel. Joel was motivated by love, you know? Yeah. She was just motivated by pure hatred. And at the very end, I feel like she has like one shred of empathy for Abby because she sees Lev and she thinks of, you know, Joel and whatnot. And so she finally gets it and lets them go. But like, I don't know if that moment like redeems everything that she's done. In fact, I don't think it does at all. No. <laughs> It's like I'm glad it's a good thing that happened because if that if she didn't do that, that character would be like gone. You know, there would be like no more Ellie. Yeah, there would be DLC. It's, <laughs> it's a start, though. And that's like, I think, like the, the silver lining, because, you know, it's like the, her last conversation. Like, this is another thing I brought up. Like, I've had like deaths in my family. Like, it's not chill. It sucks. And so one of the things you always dwell on is like, how how did I leave that person? What what is the last not words? What's the last word I said? Was it like a pronoun? Like you just dwell on these random things, right? But ultimately, whenever you lose somebody, the last thing you think about is how did we feel the last time we were with each other? Mm. So it was such like some I mean it was still very sad. You're going to hell. Cause <laughs> it was I was like <laughs> Like, just, like, snot was coming out, like, oh, so, my So, God. yes, that scene, I think, was the motion, most emotional in the game. But that moment, yes. That line, yes. But even more so, I was even more emotional at the following line, uh, where Joel starts crying. Yeah. In that yeah. scene. And, and where he tells Ellie, like, when Ellie's, like, on his case again like you should have let me die out there like my life would have had meeting and joel says you know something to the effect of if i could go back to that moment i would do it all again every single time because that's how much i love you you know like that's what you mean to me and you know what's amazing about all of that is so when when she's killing abby right like when abby's about to die she's choking her under the water and she flashes back to joel it's that scene, right? It's where Joel's on. Yeah. No, no, quick. It's like, it's like, it's only like a split. Se- like you, no, no. You, yeah. You, yes. You're right. You know, it's a split second, but it's from that scene. Right. And I think the reason that is, is that some connection finally gets made in her mind where she's like, oh, that's why Joel did what he did to save me. I'm literally doing the same thing right now, but for no reason, you know, I'm not saving anyone's life right now. It's but selfish. I think, yeah, it's selfish. And that's, I think that's why she lets Abby go because she realizes Joel did this for me. It was not selfish. He did it for me, you know, like, and I think in that moment she realizes because she, she's essentially doing the same thing. I'd like to think at that moment she forgives and Joel and realizes, you know, what happened. And like another thing, like this, this is like my line of thought, like, when she let her go, like I was telling you about how like there's usually like a prompt, like hit square whenever you're in a confrontation. Like I remember hitting it and then I just stopped and I dropped the controller because I was like, honestly, so this is like, there's something more I thought about. I was like, I don't want my last experience of this, this game 
that I'm just like, I go against how I feel because they've already made me fight Ellie. I hated that. Now yeah. I'm fighting Abby and I don't want to do it. So I, I drop the controller, but lo and behold, Ellie is still strangling her. And I thought, I was like, dude, I don't want my image of this beloved character to be her just losing everything and killing. Like, I just, I don't want it. And then I'm so glad that my interpretation of her letting her go is that like, she didn't want that moment, that addiction, because it literally is a drug addiction. It's it's the same concept, just transported to like a much more unfortunate avenue of death. And she didn't want that moment or that element of her life to define her because she's 19. She yeah. has her life ahead of her. She doesn't want the rest of her existence to be founded upon selfish greed and just hate. Like all of these negative emotions. Yeah. She wants to have a choice, some choice, even if everything else is gone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a fair interpretation. Uh, you mentioned Abby, when you fight Ellie as Abby, you know, after Abby's section of the game. And I will say personally for me, that section was the most difficult section of a video game I've ever had to play. Like, I could not, almost could not do it, go through with it. Because at a certain point, you know, you fight Ellie, right? And then at a certain point, you're essentially killing, you're beating her to death. You know, you're strangling her. And her face is all bloody, and she's, like, barely alive. And I'm like, oh my god, what is this game making me do to this character who I care so much about? This character who, through the first game, I've form some kind of symbolic father-daughter relationship with, you know? I don't have any kids, but, like, I know. had that... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had that bond with Ellie in the first game, and now I'm essentially strangling what used to be <laughs> my <laughs> child. It's unfelt! It's yeah. horrible! And, like, the fact that the graphics are so good. Like, you, you can, can see, see every iota of pain. Great her eyes and her face because like capillary refill like she looked i like i thought like i was witnessing a human being die and i was like this is so uncomfortable i do not like it this is ruining my wednesday like (laughs) technically thursday or whatever time of day like it was horrible it was it was traumatic for the, the the player that's why it's having these feelings. Like that's what we're talking about it because it's not like you're, you know, you're just like Drake and you're mowing somebody down or you're like big boss. And you're like, it's not that it's like, it's a real grounded visceral feeling of love, hate and death. Almost like they're, these you subjects. Know, it's, a real person. <laughs> it's too palpable. Yeah. Like, I don't know of any other developer who would he could take their main characters and put them in positions like that, you know, like and I think the that's why this game is so powerful is because Naughty Dog, like, they're not bound by those constraints, obviously. You know, they're like, Okay, we're gonna kill off one of our main characters and put the other one through such hell that she's at like the most miserable lowest point of her life by the time this game ends. And you're gonna like it as an experience. <laughs> other character. Yeah. The other murderer. <laughs> And, yeah, and we're going to make you empathize with the person who killed the protagonist from the first game. Right. As soon as you started playing as, like, Abby, like, for real, I was like, they're trying to do a Thanos, like, I that's know. Cool. 
I get it. And then as it kept going on, I was like, wow, that was a very, that's not a good comparison. This is a whole nother level. Remember when I was talking with you and I was like, I didn't know how long I was going to play as Abby. Like I thought they were going to do like a few, like, you know, maybe see Mel doing something nice, something charitable to give some food to somebody. I'm like, oh, okay. I like him. And then you open your pack. Yeah. And there's like the empty slots for like the skill trees. And you're like, Oh my God. Yeah. Am I gonna ha-? And then you see the guns and you're like, Oh my God, there's so many upgrades. Oh no, I'm in this for the long haul. Right. Amit, I love that you texted me that exactly when that happened. You're like, what is going on? Like, Abby has a skill tree. This is insane. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah, and just talking about that specific moment, that's the literal climax of the game, right? Like, that's the most intense moment of the entire thing. Abby has cornered Ellie after Ellie's murdered all of her friends, and Abby's about to shoot her. And then you cut away for another like 10 hours segment where you play <laughs> right. as Abby. It's like, what? I'm getting a migraine from all the emotions I'm feeling right now. Yeah. What, what, seriously, what medium? There hasn't been a film, a book, a song. And I work, I, music is like my, it's my jam, baby. Like, there's no other form of expression that has made me dwell on its contents than this well i think that the that's that's because it is a video game because of the interactivity right you were in those moments that's why it's so much more powerful and that's the power of our medium here and i think like that's why you know naughty dog and co deserve so much credit because they're pushing that forward and being like this is our strength this is something that no other form of media could do this is something unique to us, and we're showcasing it. Dude, for real, like, I was really excited for, like, Ghost of Tsushima, and now I'm just like, oh, God. <laughs> now I'm going to be comparing it. I'm like, oh, man. Know, right? It's like I'm not ready to move on. <laughs> yeah, from a narrative point of view, I don't see this game being matched in a long... Probably till The Last of Us Part Three. honestly. Look, look, so I love... I mean, some I have a love-hate relationship with, like, Bioware... So I know I know that they're gonna like you know they're eventually gonna do another Dragon Age. So I was playing through Inquisition again because I was like you know why not you know I'm gonna get all the the right save states for the next game. I'm really pumped because it's gonna happen. And yesterday I was texting you about like maybe starting a new save. I was like I'm just gonna play it. It's like easy. It's lighthearted. And I put it in or put it in. I downloaded it. So I've had it downloaded. So I'm like playing it and I'm like I can't even enjoy this. I just, I was like, I turned it off and I took a nap. <laughs> it's not even a bar anymore. They didn't raise a bar. They created a whole new stratosphere and we're going to have to try and get in. Like, it's like every, every other game developer, I feel like it's like the Wright brothers at Kitty Hawk trying to make an airplane for the first try. You know what I mean? Like, and they're in like a C-130, big cargo ship just flying. <laughs> Yeah, they really set a standard for game for storytelling in a game that will not be satisfying with, for so long. And what, what's so great about it, too, is that, you know, when you describe the original premise to people, it sounds like the most basic premise ever. Like, yeah, it's set in the post-apocalypse. This one girl is immune, you know, father-daughter thing going on here. But honestly, like, that whole world is just a backdrop to explore the characters. Like, there is absolutely nothing in that world that really propels 
the story forward. It's just all studying the characters and how they interact with each other. And it's just yeah. so emotionally driven. It's so well done. I yeah, that so was, that's, that's wonderfully put, you know, like the apocalypse is just a backdrop to explore these humans, you know, right. like that's such a wonderful thing. It's an accessory. And, it's an accessory. <laughs> yeah. Is. And I think we would be remiss if we did not mention the, I think maybe the core relationship of this game being to me, at least Abby and Lev, you know, like oh I think, God. I think Abby and Lev in this game is a direct analog to Joel and Ellie from the first game. You know, oh. they've, They've formed such a strong connection, and they're not family or anything. It's another, like, you know, family is not defined by... You are my people. Yeah. You are family my people. Family is right. not defined by blood in this game. And yeah, that's probably one of the, my, <gasps> like, top lines in this game. If not the top line, you know, like, he, you just see his sister get shot to death, you know, like, and he's a little, a little kid, and he's just been through such trauma you know he lost his mom he lost his sister to the people you know killed his mom yeah yeah to (laughs) lost them to abby's people and then he's like he lashes out at her because that's the only thing he can do at that point that poor kid you know like he's like your people killed my sister and then she just grabs him and looks him in the eyes like you are my people oh and it's just yes it kills yeah And I think, like, the the story between Abby, Yara, and Lev, too, is that much more powerful because they're on the opposing factions of this horrible war that's been going on for, like, God knows how long. And they finally find, like, the humanity in each other. And that that is super, super... They couldn't be more different, you know? Like, one is a hyper-cultist, whatever they really are, I don't even know. (laughs) And then one is the wolves. It's just, like, the military. Like, they could not be more diametrically opposed. And yet they come together and, like, help each other. It's so... It's beautiful. So one thing, like, I thought of, um, you know, playing as Abby, and you get to see, you know, the Sarah fights. And, of course, there's, like, a lot of, like, you know, it's definitely just talking about religion and fanaticism and conservatism and stuff like that. And that's a whole different bag, you know. But learning just the adages and, like, the sayings, like, some of them were very beautiful. Like, the, the... you know, the Seraphite scripture was really pretty, you know, sometimes. Yeah. Um, and then just, like, comparing it with, like, what uh, Abby's father said. He looked for the light, you know, the whole um, firefly thing. And then you start, you, I mean, you sympathize and you see not only the wolves and how they want the, their worldview versus the, um, the Seraphite's worldview. And, you know, there's pros and cons, of course, much like any religion versus, I guess, like, not a religiously based group of people like in real life you just basically everything seems so pointless i'm like look in the game they were literally fighting over territory there are multiple points where like owen is like oh we're just fighting over this land and then when you plan as abby you can you can go to the shrine where like the truth was where they're supposed to stay on their island and you're like dude the world is over why are you fighting over this the world is done man like stop it it's stop i think from the writer's point of view, like I feel like that's just them trying to tell us how how hopeless humanity really is. Unfortunately, you know, like even at the end of the world, we're still at each other's throats. When we, you know, we're maybe if we all 
banded together and like worked toward a common goal, maybe we can somehow overcome this problem. But that's not what happens. If yeah, that's not what happens. I love I love the wolves saying every time they like bid each other farewell. Is it's like may your survival be long, may your death be death swift, be which is super yeah. badass. But that's also really culty in and of itself. The only that, reason exactly. the yes. are so weird is because they don't use technology and have all these old sayings and stuff, you know? Absolutely, I yes. We use guns and elevators sometimes. Yeah, yeah. except for those exceptions. Like, um, you guys are cool with elevators? And Lev's like, yeah, sometimes, for the soldiers. <laughs> there are exceptions. Speaking like, of elevators, how... <laughs> amazing was that section over the city right like the bridge over the city with abby and lev when exactly. abby's you know right. like has to fight over her fear of heights and it's just this unbelievably high like how did they even find that it's just mind-blowing <laughs> to me but like that whole section where you're on the bridge and then you fall into the building and then you fight your way down the building like what a standout Amazing. I want to hear Brandon your interpretation on this because I remember we were talking about it. Like, how much thought was given into level design in terms of like storytelling? Because like, imagine I saw somewhere like online people were talking about how like Ellie's scared of being trapped and she wants like the open road into like freedom and stuff like that. And then Abby's scared of heights and like the unknown beneath her. And I was like, and then like seriously like that. That straight up sequence where Abby is straight up confronting her fears, going up and then going down through hell. It's like a, a Dante's Inferno kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, what do you do? It's amazingly done. Well, first of all, I just want to acknowledge how great it is that they added these little things about characters that humanize them immensely. Like, you know, it's, it's always cute how Ellie's collecting the, the trading cards. And then the parallel to that is, you know, Abby. Um, getting the coins because her dad liked them and that she's afraid of heights. It just like instantly brings this humanness into these characters that is just kind of astounding. But yeah, I guess when it comes to that, like, I mean, I guess in a way, Ellie is facing her worst fear too, right? Because she's like utterly alone. There's also something, it's like harkening back to the first game when she was talking to Henry's little brother after he got bit. He asked her what she's afraid of. She says jokingly scorpions. And then, well, I'm afraid of ending up alone and, like, losing everyone. And that's exactly what happened to her. So she's yeah. navigating the world through the, her worst fear, while Abby, at the same time, is navigating, like, her what is now her worst fear because, you know, she already got her revenge and everything. So that scene is just super powerful when she's walking across that crane and just falls off and doesn't die, though. So she finally kind of, like, can surpass it in a way. This is so masterful. Dude. I, I just have to I just have to comment right here. This is why I love talking about this game so much because every time I talk about it there's more that's unpacked. Like yeah, there's absolutely. this game is so dense with storytelling and emotional complexity and like symbolism. There's so much here. It's such a joy to analyze. God. It's incredible, dude. Oh, what do you guys make of the, this is kind of a, we can go back to our previous topic, but just, they, she always has those, like, butterfly moths that she's drawing in her journal. It's on the guitar. Like, what do you think that symbolizes? I thought that, so, I mean, I've watched so many YouTube interviews, like, taking a, like, every time I take a shower, I have a thing propped up, like, watching. And yeah. Stuff where they're, like, talking about how, like, moths are symbolizing, like, death, or they're attracted to the light. You know, maybe it's a positive... Oh. Well, yeah. I don't know. I, don't I like know. that interpretation. 
Yeah, I think so. I watched an interview with Neil Druckmann, and he admitted that actually, like, the moths were just a connection between Joel and Ellie, right? Because, uh... Oh, I know, yeah, I know you're talking about Right, so, like, the the moth on the guitar, it was uh, Joel's guitar that he gave to Ellie, and then her tattoo and all that. that so, yeah, so... I, but like I, I like in that same interview, Neil Druckmann was like, yeah, I really like all these interpretations coming forward because like while that's not something we, you know, intended from the outset, it's so cool to sort of discover things about the thing he, he created, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like that. That's really cool. Yeah. So I guess now that we've seen like the fallout from Joel's decision at the last at the first game, has it like has that decision changed for either of you guys? You know, like, do you feel differently about that decision now? Or is it still kind of the same? same? You know, because, like, I'd like to think... I mean, they don't give you a choice for, like, killing all the doctors and stuff. You know, that's, like, a very right. thing. Because they want you to think that Joel is like you, but he's not. He's, like, he's a killer, you know? Yeah. So it's interesting when they revisit it and say, it's like, okay, well, did he actually just deserve what he got? Because he did kind of choose... In a way, even though he saved her, it's the most selfish thing you could possibly do in that situation because you sacrifice every other person in the world to save the only person that you care about. Hey, let me let me let me ask you a real question. In an apocalypse, how many neurosurgeons do you think are gonna make it? Yeah. I'm right. not talking about doctors who can set bones. Neurosurgery. Also how many medical facilities are going to last that are capable of, let me say it again, neurosurgery? He doomed the world. The world. He kind of had it coming, unfortunately. He, right. he, he did have it coming, but at the same time, you know, I, I go back to that line at the end of the game, I would do it all again. Yeah. You know, like. So true, but you got to think some, from somebody else's perspective. Yeah, like, from somewhere, yeah, abs no, Abby is 100% justified in what she did, which, you know, sucks, because we love Joel, we love Ellie, but Abby is 100% justified in what she did, and and then some, honestly, like, Joel actually did doom humanity, like, they made a point in this game of saying, like, that was their one shot, the one guy who could have done that surgery is now dead, the Fireflies are now essentially just disbanded, although not really, Santa Barbara, a few hundred, yeah, 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 <laughs> I mean, but the point is, okay, so maybe that could lead into maybe trying to get a cure again for the third game. But I feel like the narrative strength of that moment is that that was their one shot and it's gone now. And I don't think it'll ever come back. Um, I think so, too. And the way I interpreted um, the end when Abby gets captured by the, the Rattler group, I thought that when they found that Firefly hideout, that was just them trying to capture people to make slaves. Yes. That's right? what I thought. That's, That's what, what I, thought. I thought, too. Like, I didn't think it was real. Yeah, so I I think fighting the rattlers. How first of all, like it was cool because Ellie's like got the haircut and the new silence thing, and she's on the she's literally like a the Terminator. She's like <laughs> she's death. I am death becometh. What what did we talk about? Like a guy, yeah, created the you know the nuclear warhead or whatever his name is. Um, but yeah, how when you got there though, like it was cool, but how just tired were you? Yeah. Where you're like, no, no, yeah. stop. Yeah. Every step Ellie made on that journey to Santa Barbara, I was begging her to turn around, to just stop it. You know, like, just stop you know, it. Dude, she was like like a cheating spouse in the middle of the night 
you know, like in her underwear, like just like she's not ready to go, but she's like getting, she's preparing. And then Dina's like waking up. And these are honestly like 19. You're still kind of a child, you know? Oh, these absolutely. You're still young child. people. And they're like, if, if somebody who killed somebody at eight years old is shocked, and that's pretty sh- that's pretty damning evidence that what you're doing is morally <laughs> dubious at best. So like, oh, it's it's so draining. It is like in the truest sense of the word, draining. Like, yes, it was exhausting playing that section. Uh, I mean, it was exhausting playing the whole game. Honestly, like. It's just at a certain point, you're like, Ellie, please just let it go and go home. Because like after she left the farm, in my mind, 100 percent, I thought she wasn't going to come back. I yeah. thought she was dead. I hundred, yeah. I'm I was so shocked to see that she lived at the end. And I'm glad she did, obviously. But like I thought as soon as she left that farm, she was basically marching to her death. And can we talk about like I feel so bad for Dina. You know, like I can't really blame her for what she did at the end of the game. You know, she packed up all her stuff and left and left all of Ellie's stuff there, which I feel like is a firm message to her that, like, this is over and don't come looking for me. That's why I was talking about, like, long, serious relationships, because sometimes, like, when they end, you're like, it is the end of the world. But then, like, that's why I was like, she's 19. She has so much ahead of her. So, like, I I wanted, I was, okay, I don't know how what your feelings or thoughts are, but I personally hated the end of game of thrones and i really when it was happening i willed myself to like it i was like no 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 i was the, the same the fog of battle the battle of winterfell was cool like that's what it would be like i was trying so hard i was like no 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 like this is what we wanted to happen and then afterwards like i i just i, I hated it like that oh god I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah. Okay, I was wondering. It's like, okay, <laughs> I'm waiting for the tie into the game. <laughs> <laughs> bring me back. Bring me back. Because now I'm just pissed off about Game of Thrones and David Benioff. <laughs> so, no, I, I mean, we were on the end there with, you know, Ellie leaving Dina and, you know, losing the one chance she had at happiness. But, I, you know, in this world, you know, like... I hope she's going back to Jackson. In an ideal world, she would be going back to Jackson and trying to salvage whatever life she has there, but I don't think she is. Dude, she's going to go throw some snowballs at kids. That's what she's going to do. <laughs> I mean, it. I think if we... I think, honestly, at this point, I, I, it's a win. I think The Last of Us Part 3 is happening. Like, especially because uh, I told you guys the sales, right? Like, this game sold over 4 million copies in three days. It's PlayStation's fastest-selling exclusive of all time now, even faster than Spider-Man. This M-rated game about a a lesbian hobo murder rampage (laughs) sold more than Spider-Man. That's a great way to put that. That's so true. And you know what's crazy? Like, I didn't have one... Like, there's no trepidation towards playing as this character like if you have a problem first of all playing as like a woman like dude oh yeah it's yeah none of those complaints are valid i'm sorry all the complaints it brought up like the most toxic part of the fan base that was already doomed to hate it but the fact that they cared so much about it also just is another testament to naughty dog's great writing because they didn't want joel to die yeah none of us did like that's the point you know we they wanted us to be heartbroken in that moment so they're just, they're just like enforcing the point without getting it. How, how many how many kids with like dads not in the picture played that game and were like, oh my god, oh my god, 
God. I, I didn't even think about Dude, that. Joel died. I called my dad the next day and was like, hey, how's Arizona? How's it going, Dad? I love you. <laughs> yeah. It's also interesting. Like, I could see them, if they do a part three, doing another jump ahead, like, 20 years with Ellie. Just I see think, yeah. I think well, if they do a part three, it has to be a sizable jump forward. Yeah. What, what can you do, though? Because, I, so, this is what I was thinking, like, the other day. Like, for for its faults and for, for its pros and cons, I always thought that Rogue One had, like, a very genius, like, little tie-in to the, the franchise. Where, like, her dad was the guy who designed the, the Death Star and it answered the age question. Why was there one place that you could shoot and it would explode? Like, <laughs> a genius way. Like, he... It was like a like liberation baby. Like I thought that was so genius, and that's kind of like this game where like, what if the, the surgeon that you killed her daughter? Like, what a cool yeah. hide in. But what would they do? What would they do? So I will point out, we said the exact same thing at the end of the first one. I know. Like, <laughs> but come on, man. What would they do? I mean, clearly we're we're not writers on the caliber of Neil Druckmann and Haley Gross. You know, I know. like what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think, I do think, ob- the most obvious answer, there's clearly more story to tell with Abby and Lev. Like, they, they reach the Fireflies at the end, right? Like, symbolized by the, the main menu screen changing, yeah. And it, you it's know? Catalina, it's Santa Barbara. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they find the Fireflies. Obviously, there's more story there. So, yeah. and this is my, you know, like, mediocre writing coming writer coming out, but like, Maybe the game set ten years in the future. Let's say, you know, Abby. Abby knows Ellie is immune and that she's still out there. Maybe Allie, or sorry, Abby, Lev, and a bunch of other Fireflies go out to find Ellie and try to fix things. You know, maybe that's the premise of the third game. That's super interesting too. And then it would be Ellie because, like, that would mean her death, right? Like that's yeah. pretty clear from the last one. So it would be her needing to come to terms with like sacrificing herself or running and, away or something. And what sucks is Ellie, you know, Ellie had come to terms with her death, right? She like throughout the whole game, she was she told Joel, like, hey, I was meant to die. I was meant to die. But I feel like at the end of this game, she's finally making peace with the fact that she's alive. Yeah. <laughs> so it'd be even more tragic if she didn't want to die in the third one and then she had to die, you know, like Oh, yeah. Well, you know, another thing that I was always thinking of throughout the game, like this is one thing that also like seems like bringing it back to like losing people in your life that I kept thinking of on like a serious emotional level. And what game makes first of all, what game makes me even talk like this? What? <laughs> but I always thought that throughout the game, and I think this is right because you know, like I, I know people with PTSD stuff like that from like very traumatic events. But the converse of that is, like, when you die, you can be an organ donor, right? And people can receive your cornea. They could receive, you know, your what, liver or something, like, just your organs, right? And there's this thing where people who are organ donor recipients, they can feel survivor's guilt. So they're like, okay, I'm alive. Awesome. Life is great. Somebody died so I could feel anything and so they feel guilty because somebody had to sacrifice themselves and so while i was playing this the entirety of this game that's like i'm sure at the forefront of 
you know, Ellie's cerebral cortex. She's just thinking like, just, I don't know. I keep bringing back to like the guilt aspect of the game, but it's so like, Oh, it's an important aspect, you know, like part, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like she, the reason why she's so mad, it was robbed. Yeah. The reason why she can't forgive Joel is that, you know, like because she's alive, hundreds of thousands of millions of people will die because she's alive and she could have stopped it but someone else took that choice away from her you know like right what peace can you what i don't want to swear but what peace can you have (laughs) peace even if you're like oh i'm gonna get revenge great that's amazing and so hard oh and speaking of yeah like her immunity literally doesn't mean anything anymore other than like a tactic for her in battle you know what i mean (laughs) Yeah. Because it's like, there's no doctor, there's there's no chance of her healing, she's but she doesn't hiding. have to worry about infected as much. So it's she's like she's hiding it, like with the tattoo. Oh my god, dude, with the tattoo. Oh, it's a chemical burn. You're yeah. like <laughs> others. You're lying to yourself. There is the only truth that she had throughout the majority of the game is hate. She didn't even know who she was. So dark and dreary. <laughs> <laughs> She's lying so bleak. to herself, lying to the world. Like, yeah, she was living out like she was living out somebody else's truth, and we were living vicariously through her. Yeah, like twice removed. Yeah, <laughs> it was like the worst divorce ever, or like some terrible, like just awfulness, man. I mean, but, I think this awful. is a hundred times worse than a divorce. Honestly, like this is the <laughs> this is probably. I mean, yeah, I mean, that one decision Joel made at the end of the last game had countless like series of video games. Yeah, countless ramifications that honestly that colored every inch of this game, you know, and that's how you know that this is good narrative design, you know, like everything is connected back to that moment, you know, what was never confusing to me was who was coming after him. I was like, well, it clearly has to be. The fireflies, right? Like, what yeah. was amazing was Abby's personal connection to it. That was super well done. You yeah. know, like, because it just kind of sounded like, you know, oh, yeah, the fireflies are coming after Joel. Duh, you know. But they that just was, made it, they really compounded on it so much better than that. And I'm yeah, respect- and even when we we started Abby's flashback and got to her, like, helping the zebra with her dad or whatever, I still didn't make the connection. Oh, and then they, they, oh. they zoomed out. It was the hospital. And yeah. then you saw he was the dad. Oh, I couldn't believe what yeah, I was saying. Yeah, I know. Oh. Powerful moments in the game, for oh. sure. I need to walk around, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think we've said so much about this game. And I think before we wrap up, we have to mention one last thing. And that is, even after the game is over, it's wrecking you emotionally. And I'm referring to the credits, the cover of Wayfaring Stranger that, Why? that Why? plays, <laughs> you know, and it starts with Ellie, you know, like, and then live, there's live footage of her on YouTube playing it live. Oh, no, I have to, I have to see that. But, you know, like Ellie's singing and then she says a line, I'm going there to see my father. And, uh, then, and then from that verse, Joel picks up. Yeah. And then his uh-huh. line is, I'm going there to see my savior. And just like, what is wrong with you? What is your problem? 
want to hurt me? <laughs> I'm hurting myself saying this. Like, like I was just sitting there, like I was emotionally recovered from completing the game almost, you know, like because that's the very you, last. I was. I I, 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 I wasn't. But like that song is the last uh, plays over the last bit of the credits. So if you skip over the credits, you could miss this song entirely. Uh, so this song only comes on after like most of the credits have rolled. And this song happens, and it just gets you again, and you're just bawling, watching a black screen with white text slowly float over. <laughs> you know, like yet another little weird Easter egg that you have to find, like yeah. a real tender moment in the game. But that's the thing, like with this game, like I had no issues not finding things because I have so much trust in Naughty Dog at this point. Like I knew, like the oh, more I soaked this game in, the more I soaked this game in the greater the reward would be. The greater the emotions, the greater the Easter eggs. Like, I I can't think of a better 31-hour stretch with a piece of media than I've had with this game. Like, And again, it took me 31 hours to beat this game. That's a long game. And uh, every minute, every second of it was worth it, I think. Speaking of, like, every minute, every second, I know you want to wrap, but, like, both of you guys, I think we should all just say, like, what are your favorite moments of the game really quick i will say we could do this for another five hours if oh, we want. I, I really don't care but um <laughs> my favorite moment of the game why yeah. are you asking me this um yeah baby i mean i mean my favorite moment probably has to be that cutscene with ellie and joel at the end on the porch uh, where where ellie says i I don't know if I can forgive you, but I I'd like to try. And then, and Joel cries and says, I'd like that. And, you know, we get that beautiful line of him saying he'd do it all over again. You know, like it's just like making me want to sob just thinking about it, you know, like, but that was, that was probably my favorite moment from the game, but like actual gameplay. Um, I think it was probably, I think it was probably playing as Abby and Lev. Like, just going through, like, all of those harrowing situations as Abby and Lev for, forming their bond together and, like, forming such a strong bond that you know that they're going to be, you know, essentially surrogate brother and sister for life. You know, like, they have the same bond that Joel and Ellie did. Like, the things they went through will make sure they're there for each other in the future. So just playing through that was really rewarding, I think. And I have to give a shout out to, I think, Seattle as well. Like, as soon as you get to Seattle and how it's just open like that, I think that's really cool because, like, for the past couple games now, Naughty Dogs has been including, like, a wide linear section in their games. Like, Uncharted 4 did it with Madagascar. Yeah. And then, uh, I don't know if you guys played Uncharted The Lost Legacy, but they did it in that game, too. And now, The Last of Us Part 2... Seattle, just open area, and like, there's so many little cool things you could do and find there. And obviously, the take on me scene, which is one of the most beautiful scenes in the game, is there as a completely missable thing uh, if you don't explore Seattle. So I think the whole Seattle section was really cool. Honestly, I just love this game so much. I love it top to bottom, every inch of it. Like I can't. It's so hard to pick a favorite moment, but yeah. Why don't Why don't you give yours, Brandon? Okay. Um, I think when you're talking about gameplay. And in terms of Abby and Lev, the Seraphite Village scene, like one of the last ones that yeah. you play, so cool. Like that was just so much fun. Um, 
as far as like the moments, I mean, when, when Joel first plays the song, it obviously breaks my heart. I think that's probably one of everyone's favorite things. Yeah. But what really got me too was the moment where Ellie kind of realizes how dark she can get, where she tortures Nora to death with a whatever, like a metal beam while she's already infected just to get information out of her. God. And then immediately after that, it shows you that she actually knows what Joel did all along. Because up until that point, you're not really sure. Yeah. Like you think oh, yeah. you're right. Yeah. And it just reveals that she knew and was still going on this rampage with like no ounce of empathy for people that killed the guy that sacrificed mankind, you know, because it's that personal for her. Because yeah. like not only was Joel taken from her, but their potential relationship after they made up. And there's just like so much emptiness out of that 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 was like a huge that was a huge moment for me. What about yeah. you, Marshall? Oh my god. Well, I think gameplay-wise, like, it's hard to pick, but I think, like, so, favorite moment for me is actually right before we get the flashback of Joel at the end on the, the porch, because that's, like, of course, that's, like, the best. But it's the scene where, like, where Ellie is strangling her uh, Abby underwater, because, honestly, I'm not sure if I was screaming at the TV or not. I don't remember. I may have been like, no, stop it, no, why? Like, I don't know what's happening to my body at that moment. But it was so emotionally just like everything was elevated. Heart rate was elevated. Drama was elevated. It was the perfect culmination of every facet of my psyche being stimulated. It was insane. That was fantastic. I think gameplay-wise, speaking of like the Seraphite Village, just because I was so worn out from the violence, like – which which is so gru- gruesome and graphic. Like, it was really gross. Gross. Yeah. That's the word I'm going with, gross. Like, I think when you're fighting in a Seraphite village, I mean, that whole horse sequence is so cool. But at the end, before you get to the boat, you're fighting that hulking dude in your abbey, and you have a scythe. And you, like, you give him, you cut his face, and his face is hanging open. I remember, I'm like, this guy won't die. He won't quit. And I remember playing, and I was like, this world is not going to quit. And then you, he, he tackles you and you fall off the side and you think he's dead. And then you get up and you're fighting on the sand again. And I'm like, nothing is going to end. And like one of those moments where you just feel insane. I really love that. It resonated with me. Thank God that guy died because he was psycho. But like <laughs> just that tiresome coming back, coming back, like playing that. I love that. I think the word you're looking for is relentless. Relentless. <laughs> this game is relentless yeah, yeah. is and it then is. like i was gonna say like when you know neil Druckmann said that he had the cycle of violence in mind when he's making this game he they illustrate that in literally every single fight like what you're saying like the guy just keeps coming back like jesus <laughs> like every situation is like that it's relentless yeah when you're fighting abby and i mean before you strangle her which is my favorite movie, like but not like i'm sick but like yeah like you're fighting her it was like i remember playing red dead 2 if you get the good ending and you're fighting micah on the mountain and it's like a fist fight that just won't end and you're like dude i don't can we just play get to the cutscene? you're like i don't want to do this like you have a knife abby doesn't you're clear like even though abby's much thinner you're still ellie who's like a thin you know like wily but thin and you're just you're cutting her you're punching her there's no hud there's no health meter and you're just slugging and like 
you know, I, I've sparred before, so I know what that's like to be tired and be getting rocked or rocking somebody. And I was like, this is too real. This is too real. This is too sad. This is too much. Like, relentless. Perfect. And I, I just love the, the narrative choice that they – the Abby and Ellie confrontations don't happen until you've played as both of them for like 10 hours, you know? Until you are so connected to both of them that like yeah. – you're going to have an existential crisis whenever these two meet and fight. And I did. Like, those two sections were nigh unplayable to me, like I said earlier in this discussion. But, like, that, yeah, those two encounters, some of the most tense things, tense feelings I have felt while interacting with a piece of media. 100% agreed. How am I going to, like, after this is done, how am I going to sleep peacefully now? (laughs) (laughs) What am I going to do? Uh, don't oh, sleep. Man. Just uh, just play more of the game. <laughs> just restart it. And that's another thing. So I did restart it, right? I'm still, like I mentioned this to Brandon earlier, I restarted it and I'm still in Jackson and I don't want to leave Jackson because I know as soon as I leave Jackson, horrible things are going to happen to everyone, you know? So I'm just sort of soaking in the peaceful atmosphere while I can. Yeah. I mean, technically, oh. in Jackson, things bad things are happening. Right. Yeah. But... <clears throat> For the very first, like, hour or two, you're fine, right? But the thing is, like, I think this game definitely deserves at least a second playthrough because so much context is added over the course of the game, especially through, like, Abby's storyline, obviously. Who's a contender for Game of the Year outside of this? Like, a serious contender. I think the only other serious contender is coming out later this year, and it's a game that's had lots of hype, right? Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, wow. But there is no way on God's green earth that I could possibly see that game being better than this. Like, I don't care if it's, like, the most mind-blowing open world ever made. Like, for me, okay, so I I think what I need to... I just need to put this out there. I know a lot of people will disagree with this because... Gameplay should be at the forefront, obviously, for a video game. And I agree with that, but I think I'm someone who loves a good story more than anything. Like, regardless of what medium I get it in, you know, a good story to me means so much. It means characters I can love and empathize with. It means a world I can live in. It means something to talk about, you know, like a story, you know, like stories are so powerful, you know, a tale that you can live through. You know, something like that has to be there for me to really attach myself to something, you know, like, and The Last of Us 2 has one of the best stories I've ever experienced, you know, and because of that, even if, you know, for instance, the open world and cyberpunk is amazing or like something comes out and just has sublime gameplay, I don't really see that pushing it over the edge unless it has a story that can go toe to toe with this. And I don't see that happening. Agreed, dude. Agreed. And there's also something, I think Cyberpunk 2077 is supposed to be uh, first person, and yeah. which is cool, like nothing against first person <laughs> games. I would much prefer something like The Last of Us, where each character is their own person. Like, you're not even projecting yourself onto that character. That character is just that character. And like, yeah. you're with them for the ride. You know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah. that's some other level stuff for me. I'm already to the part where Abby is like fighting the Seraphites <laughs> on my Dude, second play. What? I know, I know. You need help, Brandon. <laughs> I think I need a job. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that's, like, I told you, right, Marshall, like, 
I was I told you I, I'm thinking about playing it again, right? And then you, who just came off of beating it, you're like, you're a psycho. Like, how could you even want to do that right now? <laughs> and then after a few days, after you get to process a little bit, you text me. And you're like, yeah, I think I want to play it again. <laughs> you know, like, you know, w- with The Last of Us One, right? Like, I played that game, beat it. It was an extraordinary experience. I didn't touch it again for several years. Yeah. Like, I personally, I yeah. I didn't. Like, it was a one and done thing for me. Um, and I expected this game would be the same, and obviously the first day or two after I beat it, I felt that way, but, like, there's just too much, and I can't get it out of my head. This is, like, 80% of what I think about all the time, currently, you know? Like, it's still just, I keep replaying moments in my head and thinking about the story. You're in a room, and you're like, oh, I guess I have to hit triangle to pick up everything in this room. <laughs> real life, and real life yeah. doesn't allow hitting triangle to pick stuff up. Yeah. Oh, what a game. What an experience, honestly. Thank you, Naughty Dog. Thank you, Neil Druckmann. Thank you, Haley Gross. Thank you, everyone who worked on this game for such a special experience from the bottom of my heart. Um, Mine, too. Or what's left of my heart. <laughs> what's left after you brutally stabbed it. I don't even know if there's a heart left. It out. It's yeah. like an empty apartment. <laughs> exactly. Studio. All right. Any last thoughts? Get them out now. Or forever hold your peace. I think there needs to be DLC with Ish. He needs to come back. <laughs> Ish needs to come back. Come back. <laughs> I'm calling it now. He's coming back. No. Something lighthearted. Please. Please. Never. <laughs> That's it. I have nothing else to say. I'm in a bad place now, man. I'm messed up. I'm sorry. I'm on the mind. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. I think that'll do it for us this week thank you guys for listening and thank you again marshall and brandon for coming on and talking about this wonderful wonderful game you like what you hear you can get more of us at any podcast service you use please like rate and review us there please click the link of the description of this podcast to join our discord and chat with us there and lastly please follow us at ad podcast game talk on twitter and uh yeah I'm just going to go uh, sulk thinking about this game. Thanks, three of us. All right, thank you. This is fun. No, thank you, guys. This was great. See ya. (laughs) See ya.